I'm going to start off this week's podcast with an email, and this is a little bit unusual. We usually save these two a little bit later on in the podcast, but I got this today, and I'm not going to use any names, but it says, Dave, I love your podcasts. The recent ones about alcohol consumption hit home for me. For many years, I've been trying to cut down on my wine intake, but it's so hard to try and stay sober with all the stuff going on in the world, and even here in Minnesota lately, with no end in sight. It's like I have absolutely no reason or motivation to get sober. I did quit a year ago for a few months, but there didn't seem to be any drastic changes for me. As a 61-year-old unmarried woman, it just doesn't seem to matter whether I drink or not. Wow. How do you feel about that email? That really made me sad because she sounds like, well, I'm 61. Why would I bother to take care of myself? Why would I bother to live a more sober life? I mean, I want to have my wine. She says it herself. It's so hard to try and stay sober. I hope you find the reason. I hope you find the motivation. I'm going to write her back and let her know that I hope she finds the reason and the motivation to, uh, to, to, yeah. You don't have to stay sober, but to think about living a more sober life. God, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to coach anybody because I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. My point in this podcast, in this series of podcasts, is just to kind of get people to realize that they're not alone. And uh, that's kind of what we've done with the last couple of podcasts. I'm really happy with today's podcast or this week's podcast. I've been happy with all of them. And thanks again to Jess and to Kelly and uh, all the people who have written in. This week, we're going to talk to a woman who messaged me because she heard the podcast with Kelly and with Jess, and she related to it so much. And I said, hey, I want to talk to somebody who is currently still struggling because Kelly and Jess have stopped for now, and I hope for good or for as long as they want to. She said she has not stopped. I said, I want to talk to you because I think there's a lot of people who, yeah, You want to hear the stories about people who have successfully stopped for now or for good, but let's hear a story and the experience from someone who is still in the thick of things, because I think that is a lot lot of us. That's a lot of people who, and if you're wondering my personal story, I drink too much, and I worry like a lot of people, do I drink too much? But I don't sit there and go, oh, man, it's not, it's, not, it's not that I can't get up in the morning and it's not that I'm you know, missing work or doing sloppy work or I can't be a good dad or grandparent or can't function or whatever. I just don't like the fact that I feel like I want to have a drink pretty much every night. I can go to a restaurant and I can be fine because I've got another vice at the restaurant and that's overeating. <laughs> so I don't need it. We went to Benihana the other night. I didn't need a drink at Benihana. I had water because I didn't need it. I had another vice there. But so as far as my story, just to let you know where I stand, I don't want to feel like I'm sitting there in a big group, you know, the cliche thing where you're meeting in the church basement and there's a bunch of folding chairs and there's one person leading the group. I I just happen to have the podcast. I ain't leading shit. I don't want to lead. I just want to get your story out. So let's get your story out. And I'm going to get right to it. This is April recorded just a minute ago and her experience with alcohol. 
April reached out to me on the podcast uh, via uh, Instagram just the other day and said that, you know, she appreciated the podcast and she relates and that type of thing. And I said, April, what is your situation? Because I want to talk to somebody who has not quit, who has not been sober for 90 days or a year, Jess or my friend Kelly. Um, I want to talk to somebody who is still kind of in the thick of things. And, and so that is how April and I kind of found each other. So first of all, April, thanks for being on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem at all. I'm excited to be here and talk about this. Um, it's really important and I'm glad, I mean, truly appreciate you speaking out about this because the sober community is really growing. And the more people are talking about it, I think the more comfortable people are coming forward about this and finding help they need. You and I were talking, I, I believe you're right. You and I were talking before we started recording about how, you know, you don't tell your coworkers, geez, I hate, I, I hope this meeting is over in a few minutes because I want to go drink a couple of glasses of wine. And you don't tell your friends, hey, as soon as I get home from happy hour with you, I'm going to go have another glass of wine. Uh, most people, you hope they just assume that that's not the way it is. But sometimes our secret is, I can't wait to get my work done, put the kids to bed so I can have a bottle of Chardonnay. So April, let's start off with a, your story and we can tell it in any order you want, but maybe a good place to start is when did you notice, as we all have if we're here, that this is a challenge, this is a struggle. You know, it's not like I am an alcoholic. It's not like I'm an alcoholic. It's more like, oh, shoot, I should think about this. When did that start to happen for you and what happened? You know, the first time it really was eye-opening because of what I had done and my age was about September of 2017. I went to have a few drinks at my sister's new house. I got sloppy drunk on red wine, puked all over her new white carpet. Oh, no. My nephews who were not quite teenagers yet were very concerned watching me puke everywhere i had small children of my own with me my at the time husband had to drive me home and was absolutely furious with me and it kind of dawned on me that you know this is how i always drink and have since i first started drinking and it's becoming an issue that it's getting more frequent Okay, so as you tell the story about getting drunk and puking on the carpet at your sister's, that could be anybody we know that doesn't drink that often and goes out and has, you know, too much to drink, and it happens once every six years. But when this happened with you, it wasn't like, oh, God, look at April. She's hammered. She threw up all over. It was more like, oh, Jesus, April is drunk again. Is that kind of how it was? It is. Every okay. single time I drink. Even still, it's not that I drink frequently, like nightly. I don't need a glass of wine at night. It's I want to go out or I am going to drink, but I 90% of the time, I would say probably drink to blackout status. Wow. I read a little bit about that with blackout status. That is something that is not an individual thing. It is where it affects a certain part of your brain. You've heard of it called the hippocampus, which remembers things from the night before. It's our short-term memory, apparently. And when we get blackout drunk, we literally cannot remember. And it's not the fault of the drinker. It's not a personality thing of the drinker. It's because you've drank so much that affects the hippocampus, which saves your short-term memory. That's why you don't remember. So this is something where 
would it, I don't, I don't, I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but when you drink, are you the kind of drinker that you can't have just one? You can't have just two rum and diets. You've got to drink until you're like stumbling on the verge of passing out type of thing. Absolutely. There is no such thing as just one. Even if I tell myself, I'm going to go have one, maybe two at the most with my friends. We always end up here and there and stopping at the liquor store and going to somebody's house. And I don't even remember any part of it. When you get home from those nights, do you continue drinking if you're not blackout drunk? Let's say you and your friend just went out and you got home and you're, do you keep drinking alone? Or is it just in these socially, let's call it socially acceptable situations? Oh yeah, because you know you have one or two. You're you have a good buzz. It feels great. Most people want to continue to feel that, and so there's always a stop at the liquor store. And I go home because I want to keep feeling that good feeling, but it never leads to that good feeling. Yeah, it's just hard to stop at one or two. It just I have no off button once I start. Let's talk about currently then, if you will, because the thing when I talked about. Jess, who had been sober for a year, Kelly, who has been sober for 90 days, I said last week, I really want to talk to somebody who is not, who still on a regular basis is struggling with either getting drunk daily or drinking daily or five days a week. And that's not necessarily you with frequency, but the fact that you're still struggling and you haven't given it up, that's where you are. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. I, I first tried to be sober after that night in September, 2017, and I usually could make it, you know, almost 30 days. And then I'd have the excuse bucket open. It's just, Oh, I have one. I just have to control it. I just have to only drink on the weekends or Mm. only drink beer. I can't drink vodka. And it always leads to the same thing. And then I start over another 30 days, but the longer I have tried, the shorter the time frame has become for me to stay sober. So you used to be able to easily do or, or fairly easily do 30 days, but now it's like, God, it's hard to do a week. Is that kind of what Ex- you're saying? Exactly. Yep. And as soon as I say, I'm not going to do this, you know, I was supposed to do dry January and I think I made it three days. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> so. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop and talk right about that for a second, because if you do dry January, I feel it's for two reasons. Because you know you drink way too freaking much and you need to stop for a good amount of time. Or you're super healthy and you work out and you eat a lot of fiber and you have the correct body mass and you just want to be healthier. So for people like me, and it sounds like you, it's not for I want to be the fittest April that I can be. It's because it's like, holy crap, I drink too much. I'm doing dry January. Majority of the time, that's why most people seem to do it. In I think my it experience. is okay. Yeah. So, what happened during dry January? I mean, what what is the trigger for you? I mean, people have different triggers. I've talked about mine. Is the end of the day? I got all my work done. I close my laptop. I sit on the couch, and that is like the butt hits the couch. The TV is on, and I want a glass of wine. What is your trigger? That is a really hard one for me because it's. It's almost like anything can be a trigger. Okay. I could, it could be a Saturday, it, the sun's shining, and I'm like, hey, I want a day drink because I feel good. And then that leads to a weekend of misery. Or it could be the end of the workday. I'm recently divorced, so I have my kids 50% of the time. 
they might not be home. I might be home alone bored and think I want to turn on the TV and mm. have a glass of red wine because it's snowy outside Yeah. or, Oh, look, it's raining. It's a good day for wine or beer. Or, I mean, I can find any excuse to have a drink. I, I feel horrible. I love, I feel great. I love your honesty. <laughs> Seriously. I do. Um, yeah. and I think that's, that's one of the great things about this discussion is there's a little bit of anonymity. Nobody knows who you are, except maybe your friends that you might have told about this podcast. And I think that, you know, I'm the one putting myself out there and I'm not even telling all the things. I mean, I talked about how I was drinking like a ridiculous amount of gin and I measured it all up and it was like a giant pitcher of gin every week. And I'm like, holy crap, that's a lot. But I really like your honesty because I think going back to what you and I originally said, this is happening so much and people don't talk about it because we want to put that face out there. I'm a great mom. I'm a great dad. I'm a wonderful coworker. And you can be all of those things and still kind of struggle with this a little bit. Um, do you, so when you, you would say like, I know what I was going to ask you, what did your partner, you said you're, you're, you're divorced or divorcing now. What discussions did your partner bring up when this was going on? Was he like, April, I support you. I want to get you sober. Or was he like, what the fuck, April? What what was his, and everybody's partner can be different. What was your partner's reaction or their thoughts? Yeah, um, that was a very sore subject for our relationship, actually, because, you know, when we were young and first met, we liked to go to KDWB events or the bar or go play volleyball at the bar. And once we had kids, he kind of stopped drinking and I did not. And he kind of passed a lot of judgment, I guess, across me. And it never came out of a concerning way, just more an eye roll of, oh, you're drinking again. Oh, you're having a drink. And I would drink and it got to a point towards the end of our relationship where it caused fights. And then when I would try to be sober, I would cry, apologize to him. He'd tell me, I want to support you. But then he would choose those moments of me trying to be sober to show me the new beers at the brewery and bring oh beer in the house and start drinking and talk about, Oh, do you want to taste this one? And then go, Oh, you're sorry. And I just thought, what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you think I'm, that he did that intentionally at all? Do you think that he did it? Cause he was frustrated and it's like, you fuck with me with your drinking for a while. I'm going to mess with you and taunt you. No, you know, now that we're not together, uh -huh. I do see like with his new girlfriend, he does drink more, not, to the point where I drink, not yeah. excessive, but he drinks more frequently. And we had kind of talked about this because I thought, oh, so now you're, you know, now it's cool to drink and, you know, pass in judgment. And he said, I just never could drink with you because somebody needed to be responsible for the kids and be sober. Yeah. So I think it was when I was being sober, he thought, oh, now's my time to be able to actually drink again. Because okay. when he did bring beer in the house, I was a stay at home mom for six years. So when he would be at work, I would drink it all. And then he'd get mad because I mean, who wouldn't, but he would think like, I can't even bring beer in the house because you decided, you know, on a Friday when your mom took the kids that now's a good day to have a glass of wine, but then it never stops at the wine. Then I'm rummaging through the house for what else do we have? And I would drink his beer. <laughs> so it was, wow. it was something I would find. And, you know, I want to, Kelly had said something that is so true and I'm glad she said this and I think you'll hear everybody say it is it's so hard in a culture and society where you don't have to justify 
drinking. I mean, it's the only harmful thing humans can do to themselves that we don't have to justify doing. And it's weird if you're not doing it, which you, is so strange. It is. If you, if, if you smoke, your friends say, why are you smoking? If you yeah. vape, your friends, your mom is going to say, why are you vaping? If you're doing meth or Coke or whatever, your friends in society know, but, but your friends say, let's go out for drinks. And if you don't drink, they go, what's your problem? Are you pregnant? Yep. I see more concerns about people eating McDonald's and fast food more than I see about how much people are drinking. Isn't that crazy? It's and very crazy. Let me ask you a few, just a, a few more questions. And, I, and if I get too personal, then we can edit this part out and, um, uh, and we can just pretend it never happened. But I think it might be useful to, uh, to know. When was your last drink? Um, it was... A week ago. The reason I ask is not to be nosy, but to find out more of the frequency. So you've gone, because you say when you when you drink, you have enough to get pretty drunk. So you yeah. haven't drank for a week, so you've got a week behind you or under your belt where you haven't drank. So Not by choice. <laughs> okay, not by choice. Tell me about that. Well, I was sick all weekend, but okay. my friend was sending me photos of her champagne and fruit in her caribou cup, and I... I mean, I was sick, sick all weekend. And all I could think about was, could I, could I day drink? Would that be okay? Like I'm dehydrated and puking and sweating and have a fever, but could I, like, I even asked her, I'm like, you know, come over and like drop something off. And she wouldn't, I even tried, honestly, knowing I was doing this podcast today, I, I tried to get a couple friends to go out for drinks last night, but nobody was available. No. As as far as friends, you're giving me so many questions that I want to ask you. Do your friends know that you have these struggles? Do your friends know that it's as bad as you know it is? Do they do? Okay. Some are supportive and they try to be supportive, but they also know I'm the master of excuses and I can go a while and then go, it's fine. I mean, it's only once in a I mean, I don't drink every night and I can control it this time. And they're like, you're an adult. You're going to do what you're going to do. So, you know, they don't, they're not there to wrestle the bottle out of my hand or stop me. Cause even if they say no, I'll find it another way. Yeah. So even if I tell myself I'll make it two weeks, but then I, it's like giving birth, you kind of forget about the hangovers and the pain <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, it's fine. I got this. And you're right back into the hangovers and anxiety and pain again. And I have friends who also make the excuses for me who are like, you know, it's not like you're laying on a park bench with a bottle in your hand. I've heard that too. I have to remind them, you know, part of the great thing with these conversations is the reminder that alcoholism used to be very black and white, you know, 20 years ago. And it's become, there's so much more verbiage with it of gray drinking and binge drinking and different types of alcoholism that it doesn't need to be somebody parked on a bench with a bag in their hand. You know, we use the word functioning alcoholic. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know, we've talked about this before on the podcast. I don't know what the definition is of an, an alcoholic where you cross the line from, yeah, you know what? She drinks a little bit too much to she's an alcoholic. I don't know where that is. And I don't know that it matters at mm-hmm. least in the context of this podcast, because we're just people talking about how we wish we could stop doing something that we really don't like to do. I want to ask you before I wrap things up here, um, uh, it, and that is, what is your plan? Do you have a plan? Let, why not, if you enjoy it, April, 
why not just keep drinking whenever you want to? I mean, I'm <laughs> being funny, I, but at the same time, it's right. a valid question. If you're enjoying it and you're not getting in the car and driving, why not right. just keep it up? You enjoy it. Because truthfully, I can't remember the last time I actually enjoyed it ever. I okay. mean, it's all about the anticipation of starting to drink. It's the idea that I'm going to have a glass of wine. I The sound of the cork coming out of the wine, that, that chug that comes from that first pour, or the smell of beer at the wow. brewery in the summer. It's wow. that that gets me, it keeps me going to the booze and excited. But as soon as I start, I can't stop. And then I'm miserable for days. I mean, the older I've gotten, the harder hangovers are to recover. The anxiety that follows is absolutely horrible. It's, it's to the point where I've called into work because my hangovers and my anxiety are so bad that wow. I can't even function. But I it you know again it's like after a week i forget about it and i go okay i'm going to control it this time because i get so excited about that cork coming out of that bottle and I, I i get it my my wife's trigger is the feel of a glass of wine and the yes. heft of that feel in her hand yes. yeah it's the adult feeling of like i'm sitting by a fire with a blankie and i have my wine glass in my hand it's that desire but i mean in ideally i would love, love, love to not drink ever again. And it's getting a little bit right now. It's still hard. I know it's going to continue to have its challenges. I think someday I will get there because there's so many more resources with quit like podcasts. There's a lot of sobriety podcasts. There's a lot of books. There's more and more. I mean, it's insane. If you go to total wine, how many more non-alcoholic beers yeah, there are now true. there's craft non-alcoholic beers and they they actually taste really good because I have had them, but I, it's, it's the availability of them. I think more breweries and places that start rolling that stuff out are going to see a shift in that. I, you know what? I've tried the non-alcoholic beers like Heineken 0, 0.0 is, mm -hmm. is really good. And it's, you know, it, it's got no alcohol and it's good. And it gives you that satisfaction of the cold bottle with the condensation on the outside. And yep. there's definitely something there. I, I have to wrap up and I because I have a freaking work meeting in two minutes and I, <laughs> I, I, I can't miss it. Um, so in a year, are you like me in a year? Are you saying in a year I'm not going to be drinking or in a year it's all going to be fine. I'll have it under control. What's your timeline? Do you say in a year or in two months or this weekend I'm going to stop? Uh, I don't know because it's, it's always back and forth. I mean, even yesterday I was like, I'm not going to drink for, you know, for sure for the rest of the month. But then, you know, come the evening, I was already making the excuses. Like, it's fine. It's fine. I'll, I just keep hoping someday I can continue to educate myself with other people's stories and the stuff that's coming out there. I, I would like by my birthday in April to be at a place where I don't drink. Well, April, I hope it works out. And you know what I, I would say? I don't have any advice for you except leave your options open. And quitting mm -hmm. on your own is really difficult. So, you know, consider leave, having the option of doing something else. Last question. Are you ready? Yep. Do you want to drink right now? No. No. Okay, good. No, surprisingly. Because it's, but, you know, if you ask me that at 4 p.m., mm -hmm. different story. Okay. Thanks for being so honest. I, 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 I get a lot out of listening to these stories. I got a lot out of your story. And I think that it's so good to open up and really be honest about what a struggle that, that this can be for so many people. So, April, mm -hmm. thanks so much for your time. 
and good luck. And if you want to, you know, give us any updates or anything, you you got my phone number. Anytime you want to talk or anything like that, you let me know, okay? I will. Thank you so much for having me. Now on some emails, we've gotten a few that I wanted to cover here, and I just have to find the right folder. And here, it, you think I'd be ready for? You know what? You'd think that I, as a broadcast podcast professional, you would think that I'd be all ready for this. <laughs> Not really. My husband has been sober from alcohol for two and a half years. It's kind of funny when family and friends first out found out he was sober. Every single one of them said something like, "I didn't know you're an alcoholic." Because he always handled his booze so well. He's been at the same job for 20 years, never missed work because of it, never had a DUI, thank God. He wasn't a sloppy drunk at all. His issue was anxiety. He drank so he could deal with people. He didn't realize that was the reason why he drank until he did an outpatient program. He now goes to AA twice a week and is living a sober, sober life. Wow, stopping right there, going to AA twice a week. I admire that so much. To get in the car and go to the gym or get in the car and go to Cub, especially during a cold winter day. Damn, I admire you for doing that one. Um, uh, and uh, I always tell people that our marriage was fine all these years, but now that he is sober, it is so much better. You just don't realize how much alcohol affects your life and your whole family. I'm not going to give you any personal details, but they are absolutely right. If you think that it doesn't affect your family, if you think that you're sober enough around the kids or around the husband that they don't notice, uh, you're wrong about that. They really do. They notice even if you've had, they get so fine-tuned to when you are the drunk you and the sober you that they can pick it up. I mean, just from like a little different slur in your speech. They can pick it up. They don't have to smell you. You don't have to be falling down drunk or staggering. They can tell, and it really does affect them. Uh, she goes on to say, I just want to say that people can definitely be an alcoholic and not be the typical alcoholic. Uh, and that is, um, I'm not going to say, I'm going to try to keep people anonymous, so thank you very much. Um, here is one more. Don't say my name. Okay, I won't. I just listened to the episode with Jess. I've been affected by other people's drinking too much with alcoholism pretty much my entire life in some way or another. First was my dad and then a long-term relationship and now my husband. I'm actually fresh off a cycle with my husband. First off, he's actually great. He does way more than I do around the house. I have some physical issues. He works more than full-time. I work part-time. He's a great provider. Uh, but like you guys talked about, he drinks in the evenings on the weekend and doesn't get falling down drunk, but in my opinion, he drinks too much. He will half-heartedly say I should cut down or stop. The problem is me. I get very bad anxiety, and I want to crawl in a hole or escape my surroundings when I can tell that he's been drinking. Oh, we just talked about this one. She says I can see it in his eyes, in the way he starts to sway a little bit when he's standing, the way he speaks. I instantly become frozen with a sense of dread, fear, and anxiety. I hate the way I feel when this happens. I'm going to stop right there just for a minute and say a lot of the time the people who are upset when you are drinking, they act like everything's fine. That's their way of coping with it is instead of going, damn it, mom, you're drunk again. They look at their phone. They continue watching TV. They just know that the easiest way to cope is just wait for it to be over or wait until you go to bed or wait until they go to bed. And so they pretend they don't 
notice. Okay, let me find my spot again here. Um, so we just had a discussion after he'd been drinking about how I feel when I can see the signs that he's getting drunk. Words were said, but those words stung me. I know I feel horrible due to my past experiences with other people's drinking. I'm interested in hearing other experiences from people who had an issue with drinking. I also wonder if you could have someone on that is the other side like me. That is a great, great request to have somebody on who has put up with, ah, put up with sounds mean, but it is, it's put up with um, uh, your partner or your mom or your dad or your sister or somebody's drinking. And uh, what, how did you deal with it? Did you pretend you didn't see it? Did you confront them? Did you try to do an intervention? So uh, what was your experience? I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. I can read your email. Or we can put you on the show. One or the other, send the email to Dave Ryan at kwb.com. Uh, let's see. Not me. I'm definitely not ready to talk about this. Some extra info. Married 10 years. I do not drink more than maybe one or two times a year. I don't enjoy feeling like crap anymore with having kids to take care of. And he said yesterday that he's going to quit. However, in my experience, those words mean absolutely nothing. And I love hearing stories about people who have been able to kick the habit. Love the morning show. You become a radio dad figure to me as I've been listening pretty much since you came to the Twin Cities. I love hearing that. It's so sweet. I don't think of myself that way, but I mean, maybe I should because I actually hear that a lot. Uh, if is, uh, She said, if this isn't something you would be interested in, I would totally understand. Actually, very interested. And that is something we should cover on the podcast maybe next week. I'd love to get either an expert on that can give us some tips on the practical tips on what you should do. What are the signs that it is a danger? Like maybe I, maybe I have three glasses of wine twice a week. Is that an issue? They say that for men, about 15 drinks a week is the max. And for women, it's something like 10. You can look it up on your own. I don't want to give you bad information. But if you're at that or over every single week, well, does that raise a concern? So I'd like to get an expert on if you know somebody send an email to Dave Ryan at kwb.com. Or if you are the partner or the child of someone who is currently going through this or has been through this, love to hear from you too. Again, Dave Ryan at kwb.com. And that is going to be it for the podcast this week. I appreciate all the input. I appreciate the emails. Um, uh, touching a lot of people. I got a really nice um, DM on Instagram from somebody who said, my God, Kelly's podcast is my story. So maybe you've heard your story somewhere in the last few podcasts and maybe you want to share it. So thanks for listening. Even if you don't do anything, but listen, I appreciate that. It is take a shower, show up on time and don't steal anything. And we'll see you next week.